0: and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Father, we thank you that we're able to be together in this place and Lord, as you've encouraged us, you know, we have an arrow that needs to hit its mark. And I just pray, Father, that for each and every one of us we would understand what that means and how it's outworked in our life. That we wouldn't obsess over the times that we've made mistakes or missed the mark, but that we would focus clearly on the thing that you've called us to do and work towards that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Man, you may be seated. Thanks, guys. Well, welcome, good morning. How is everybody? Loving Melbourne's summer weather? <laughs> Apparently the first week in February is the warmest uh, uh, the warmest uh, week in summer normally. Don't think that's going to be the case anymore. It's um, somehow been affected by uh, cold wind, rain. And like Antarctic winds, hey. Um, For those of you wondering, Ruth is at Maroondah this morning. Mason is at home watching TV. (laughs) He uh, apparently is is still quite ill with a bad cough and had a bit of a fever overnight. And so um, he said he'd be watching online, but... um, Obviously, we pray that he gets better quickly, for Jess's sake, more than anything else. Um, we're not actually worried about Mason, but who knows, you know, when men come down with something like man flu, it's like unbearable for everyone else in, in the small vicinity, you know, the kilometre or two around where they live. So, um... oh, We're starting a new series, it's called Simply Revive. Uh, we'll be talking about that over the next few weeks, and I want to talk to you about it this morning, just briefly. Um, it's a simple concept, and you know, we do it all the time with at our place with indoor plants. What happens is the plants come to us in good condition, and they stay in good condition for a while, and then uh, gradually, slowly, the leaves start to wilt, they've got flowers, they start to die, and just before they turn all brown, Ruth thinks, oh no, I better water them. And what happens is, she puts them in the sink, puts some water in, and over a day or two or three, eventually it comes back to life again. And and that's called reviving something, isn't it? How many people do that at their house? Well, there's a few people, and the rest of you are dishonest. (coughs) Outside the same thing happens, doesn't it? You you know, what happens, I don't know about your front lawn, but my front lawn at the moment isn't a lawn. It's just uh, a combination of dead weeds, and that's about it. It's not just soil. It's not, sorry, it's not just water that's a problem, it's the soil as well. Um, It will return to life sooner or later, but it ain't going to happen anytime soon. But again, the process is, you know, we're going to revive the lawn. You think about it. We spend a lot of our time reviving things, don't we? In the morning, when you get up, you try and return yourself to some sort of normality. Hopefully you have a shower. Ladies spend time in front of the mirror trying to redo their faces. Men probably don't worry about it because they realise it's unrecoverable. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it doesn't matter how long you spend in front of the mirror, it's probably not going to make a great deal of difference. But... (laughs) (coughs) Lucky, you're still in good nick. I was listening to the radio on the way in this morning and they were talking about something that revives your skin. I thought, yeah, it's too late for me. (laughs) It's like when leather has no longer any life in it, it just stays the same, doesn't it? And so when we talk about revival or reviving something, it's usually because something's declining or dead. You know, when someone's in the ocean and is pulled from the ocean because they're drowning, what someone usually does is tries tries to revive them, don't they? Someone doing something. The someone might be a lifeguard, it might be somebody standing by, they go into the water, they pull them out and then they do something, they Go through the process of trying to revive the person, clear the airways, mouth to mouth. You know there's a funny story from many years ago, some friends of our house had two, well they still have two daughters, they had a little dog, a little, I don't know, fox terrier, something really little, ugly looking dog. And the girls were very young and they were playing out in the backyard. They had a swing set, everyone knows what a swing set is, and they had the lead on their dog because they liked to lead the dog around, but the dog was very small. And so they thought, you know, we like swinging, maybe the dog would like to swing as well. And so they tied the lead around the swing set and they were swinging the dog. Much to their mother's horror. What's worse is what she did she runs out to the dog pulls it off the swing set and it's clearly in a bad state and she thinks the only thing you can do is give it mouth to mouth (laughs) and so she gave the dog mouth to mouth it recovered but it was never the same again and so that's another story of reviving something i probably wouldn't have tried to revive the dog that way myself, but anyway. Some of you like reviving old songs, maybe your age, I'm not sure, but you hear something on the radio or whatever and then all of a sudden a song that meant something to you 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, Frank and Pam can go back a little further <laughs> and they can, they can remember songs from way, way back. And the interesting thing is when you recall an old song, the emotion you experienced at the time you knew it comes with it, doesn't it? Who remembers some of those old Elvis Presley songs from the 70s? (laughs) Sebastian, there's a few hands going up. Or Glenn Campbell, even back further. (laughs) Or Buddy Holly. I think he, did he die, when did he die? In the 50s or the 60s? I, I can't go back any further than that, I only know them from my mum and dad used to play them, you know. But what happens is, someone does something, in other words, someone, meaning you, does something and you revive something on the inside. Now, you might say, well where are we going with all of this? Do, do, do you know what a vegetable garden starts to die for some reason, we attempt to revive it, don't we? We might give it water, or we might fertilise it, we might apply some sort of insecticide, but when our vegetables aren't thriving like we want them to thrive, and they're starting to die, we attempt to revive them in the hope that they'll return to strength, or fullness, or wholeness. And when we do that, there's always this outcome that we're after, and that is completeness or wholeness, life. Do you know, our lives are very similar. There are parts of our lives that are thriving and parts that are just surviving, but sadly in all of us, there are parts of our lives that are dying. Things in us that aren't as they are supposed to be. And the reality is some of those things need to be revived. They need need new life again. The parts that are just surviving perhaps need an injection of something as well. You need someone to do something for life to return. Now we know the macro story is that Jesus was someone who did something for us to experience life. John 10.10 speaks about that. He came to give us life and that more abundantly. Someone, Jesus, did something. He gave His life that we might be redeemed. So that we might be brought back. So that we might experience life as we're supposed to experience it. I want you to understand this is not about strengths and weaknesses. We all have strengths and weaknesses. It's about what was living that is now no longer continuing to live. We'll get to um, a passage of scripture in Psalm 85 in just a moment, but I want you to understand there are two components that are critical: someone and something. No one is revived on a beach if there isn't anyone there, and if there is someone there and they don't do anything, they're not revived either. So you need those two components: someone. And something for life to return Psalm 85 let me read it to you says this you Lord showed favor to your land you restored the fortunes of Jacob you forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins let's stop for a moment if you think about what I said two components someone and something and this passage talks about someone doing something, I'll read it again, you Lord, someone, showed favour, he did something to your land, you, someone, restored something, the fortunes of Jacob, you forgave the iniquity of your people, I think you're getting it, someone, something, and covered all their sins, you set aside all your wrath, and turned from your fierce anger, and then this this cry, restore us again, God our Saviour. In other words, someone do something. Will you be angry with us? Sorry, restore us again, God our Saviour, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your uh, anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? So what you've got is people in a relationship with God and they know they've done the wrong thing they know they're suffering as a result of their own actions and they're crying out to God saying God do something for us so that we can live again as we as was intended for us so that we can be revived if you like And the reality is that's what happened time after time. It was like a cycle for the Israelites. They would, God would do something and redeem them or buy them back or revive them and things would go well for a while and then they'd fall into sin again. And what would happen is they'd start to decline. They'd start to die. The reality is they'd be in in, in all sorts of battles and then they would get to a point of desperation and the cycle would continue. They'd cry out to God again for him to do something and then the cycle goes on. On and on and on, and, and and sometimes we think it's unique to the Israelites. No, no, it's the same for us. It happens in a macro sense, but it happens in a micro sense. Happens to us often, and as a matter of fact, for some, it happens daily. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people. His faith, let me stop there. Peace is a portion offered to all of us. And the reality is this. Peace is something God wants to revive in you. It's something that's been purchased for you, granted to you. Peace is something that you can experience. But for some of you, you are uh, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the, tormented by your thinking, tormented by your circumstances, tormented by your concerns or your worries and God wants to grant you peace. But someone needs to do something for that to be revived again. Does that make sense? It's a promise. It says, show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to His people, His faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely His salvation is near those who fear Him, that His glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and he prepares the way for his steps. The reality is this, there are so many things promised just in that passage of Scripture that we ourselves feel are distant or far away. But God wants to give those things to you. He wants to revive those things in you if you are willing willing to let Him do something in you. It's, it's, It's not possible unless you accede to His request or His desire for you to respond to Him. Do you know... There is seed being planted in your life, yet, it is yet but it is yet to be integrated into every part of your life. You know, we talk about salvation. And salvation is a progressive experience. It's you're saved, but you're being saved. You're holy, but you're being made holy. You're righteous, but you're being made righteous. You're, uh, you're loved, but you are becoming loving. It's a a process, there's progress. In God's sight we are made perfect because of Christ but in in our experience here on earth we are being changed progressively. And it happens over time but you don't just change by sitting in a chair. Someone has to do something for a difference to be made. Paul says we're changed from Glory to glory. In other words, we're always moving to becoming more like Christ. We are are experiencing the power of God's Word progressively. You know, I'll read to you from uh, Mark chapter 4 and verse 1 through to 20 and I'll read it quickly. But it's the parable of the seed, a parable of the sower. And I want you to listen to this and understand that, you know, seed is planted in your life through the Word of God. But the reality is the seed that's planted in your life isn't a single seed, it's multiple. It's, it, it's, it's in every area of your life. You know, if you take a single seed and you plant it in a vegetable garden, you don't affect the whole vegetable garden, do you? You only affect the area where the seed has been planted. Is that right? Yeah. Unless it's blackberries or whatever, they take over everything, but that's a, it's an anomaly. And you know, too often we think that the Word of God is a single seed somehow permeating every area of our life. Put it this way, what if the Word of God is multiple seeds planted in the vegetable garden of your life? In other words, there are some seeds that are flourishing and some seeds that are yet to germinate, yet to produce an outcome. Let me read to you this. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd gathered around him, was so large that he got into a boat and sat, sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell. no, it's, it's more than one seed. <coughs> Sorry. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up... the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain still other seed fell on good soil it came up grew and produced a a crop some multiplying 30 some 60 some 100 times then Jesus said whoever has ears let them hear we know what God has said but what's he saying to you today too often we go back to what God has said in the past alone and yet God is saying something new and fresh to us today. Too often what happens is we, we experience the benefit of a seed that is planted in our life. We reap a, a harvest of some, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold and we think because one area of our life is flourishing, the rest is okay. No, 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 it's not what it's meant. It's not what's meant. You, you, you know, I can, if there's a seed of generosity in me and all I ever do is express generosity to those around about me, it doesn't take away my obligation to forgive. It doesn't take away my obligation to deal with bitterness. It doesn't take away my obligation to deal with love or some other factor. Just because a seed planted produces a crop in one area doesn't mean the others are okay. And too often our lives are like a vegetable garden, we plant one seed and because it does well we commend ourselves when all the time the other seeds that need to germinate are neglected for some reason or another. And what we want, what we believe is God wants to revive areas of our life that have been previously unattended areas of our vegetable garden that need some new crops to grow in there so that we become more whole more fully rounded john 10 10 so that we can experience a, a life of abundance not just abundance in one area or one sphere and so jesus said whoever has ears to hear let them hear when he was alone the 12 and the others around him asked about the parables he told them the secret of the kingdom of god has been given to you But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. And Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word, and some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the Word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the Word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the Word, they will quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, hear the Word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. For us to proceed from glory to glory, for us to progressively change, it's not about your self discipline. It's not about your good intentions. It's about allowing the seed of God that is planted in your life to flourish. It, it, it's, it's, it's not wholly and solely down to you, but it is down to your receptivity. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 from the Amplifiers it says this, And we all, with unfailed face, continually seeing, and, uh, seeing as in a mirror the glory of God, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another which comes from the Lord who is this who is the spirit what am i trying to say to you this morning the love of god the good news the seed the word is meant to permeate every aspect, every sphere of your life so that there is continual change so that you come to a place of completeness, so that you move to a place of wholeness. But what often happens is our ears are closed to the things which we don't want to respond to. We, we applaud ourselves in the areas we're doing well in, but we ignore the areas where God really wants to touch us and it will make a significant impact If we do what sort of things am I talking about things like your outlook your view of others your view of yourself your expectation of the future your reflections on the past your attitude your gratitude your conduct your conversations your generosity your faith your relationships your mental well-being your health your hope your joy God wants to revive you. He wants to revive every single part of you. He wants you to feel invigorated, energized, and valued. He wants you to know wholeness and he wants you to become a light that shines ever brighter. But it requires someone to do something. I want to ask the musicians to make their way back on the stage. Picture is easily drawn of a person dragged in off the off the beach or off, a, a, out of the ocean onto the shore. If that person rejects the person attempting to drag them in, it causes trouble for them both. Trouble for the person who's in trouble in the beach, trouble for the person trying to rescue them. If they do get to the shore and the person lying out on the ground somehow rejects the something that the someone wants to do, then you've got no hope either. And, And you know, the picture we all want for all of us is for every part of our life to be rescued by someone who does something that brings us to a place of wholeness. But the reality is this, our innate nature, our humanness and our sinfulness, reject help where we don't want it there's this wall that goes up sometimes we say well that's just my personality or that's just what i'm like well i can't deal with that now or, or, or that's that's not on that's not on my list of priorities. There's always a reason we reject where God's trying to plant a seed and produce a harvest in our life. There's a reason we reject what He wants to do. And there's two people that suffer. Well, there's two, more than two, but there's, the first is this: when we reject what God is trying to do in our life, we suffer. The other sphere or the other people that suffer are the people around about us. Because all that God is trying to do is bring us to a place of peace and a place of wholeness. Your inability to forgive is hurting you and everyone around you. Your inability to deal with worry and fear is hurting you and everyone around you. Your your stinginess is hurting you and everyone around you. You see, the reality is when we're in community, we affect all of those that we come into contact with, positively or negatively. The idea is simple, it's this. God wants to plant a seed in your life that will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. It's not something you generate, it's something that He plants and He grows if you allow him to and the beneficiaries are not just you but the people all around you this is just the beginning and we want god to revive something in your life today i don't know what it is for you it's not for me to say but i do know this someone the holy spirit is putting so, a finger on some part of your life and he is wanting to do something to bring new life to you I don't know what it is to you maybe in some of the areas that I read it doesn't really matter what it is to you what matters is that you respond i got to respond in my own way you're going to respond in your way but it starts by allowing someone to do something will you stand together with me today Great pleasure in seeing children grow, isn't there? Little babies grow, and you see them so pure, so simple, so life-giving. And and, and sometimes we get disappointed as they get older because things start to creep into their lives that take away some of the innocence. What I'm really saying is God wants to take you back. He wants to revive areas of your life that produce innocence and pleasure for others. Father, today, do a work of reviving us. Speak to us in the areas of our life that you want to put your finger on. Plant a seed in our lives so that it might produce a crop some 30 some 60 some 100 fold over whether that be in love whether it be in grace whether it be in forgiveness whether it be in our outlook or our attitude the way we care for others whether it be in encouragement whatever it is lord plant a seed in our life and let it grow that it might benefit us but also benefit those around about us do a work of reviving us we pray today the transformation might come to our life, that you might be honoured, that you might be glorified, that we might do well as a result. Father, we commit ourselves to you today. We ask that you'd watch over us and minister to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.